0: Hey everyone, we're Casual Tutors. My name is Matt, here with Kyle and Doug. This week, we are going to be talking about price fatigue, product fatigue, and how weird it is that we are not in spoiler season. Anyways, without further ado, let's just just jump right into the episode. So, we always talk about perpetual spoiler season, and here we are, giant liars, not in a spoiler season.
1: (laughs) It's almost time for what? Uh, it's like a thing. It's not Eldraine, It's the Commander Masters. Yeah, that thing.
0: Yeah, Commander Masters is just about a month away. So, I don't know. When do they usually start? About two weeks out. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't. As far as actual spoiler season for Commander Masters, we'll we'll probably start seeing here, stuff here pretty quick. If I had to guess.
0: Yeah, probably some stuff trickling out from Wizards, some promotional material that will, you know, spoil a card or something.
1: So so we've timed this poorly, actually, because we're sitting here bitching about it not being spoiler season. And uh, previews begin on Commander Masters on July 11th. So by the time this comes out, uh, we will have begun spoilers. Which
0: will make okay, us some
1: liars. <laughs>
0: Just Hell continuing yeah. the, the trend of being liars. <laughs> Anyways, we're recording this on July 6th. So as of right now, we are not liars. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah, but it is weird. We aren't being bombarded by wizards. It's like they took the 4th of July off.
1: I, honestly, it's, for me, it's because I, honest, a lot of these supplemental sets, I could kind of give a shit about. Lord of the Rings, I like. I like Lord of the Rings. I was kind of originally dubious about it because it was a universe beyond set and all like anything. It ended up being really cool, so I was for it. Commander Masters, I really, at this point, I've not seen anything that's got me excited about it, especially not the price tag. So, I, I am kind of just like taking it or leave it, and I'm I'm looking more forward to Wilds of Eldraine, which is, uh, turns out, after Doctor Who Commander Decks and uh, after Dominaria Remastered, I think that's it.
0: Dominaria Remastered was a while ago now. Uh, (laughs) You mean Commander Masters?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I do mean Commander Masters, you're correct.
0: Yeah, well, that whole set's going to be weird too, because, you know, it's a Master set, and Master sets are already, you know, pretty much chock full of Commander staples, but unlike normal Master sets, we're getting new straight-to-Commander cards in it, so it's not really a Master set. Is this just like a rebranding of uh, Commander, like what they did for Baldur's Gate, and then the one before that? Just the Commander sets?
1: Everyone called Modern Horizons and Modern Horizons 2 Commander Masters or Commander Horizons. It was the same thing for Modern Masters. Everyone said it was Commander Masters. So I think they just kind of called everybody's bluff and said, well, then we'll just do actual Commander Masters.
2: I actually think it's just Mr. Krabs with the uh, dollar signs for eyes. That's what Wizards of the Coast is thinking right now.
1: <laughs> you are absolutely not wrong.
2: <laughs> but it is
0: weird that we're getting new cards in a Master Set. That's something you don't do normally in Master Sets. So like, it, it just feels like a rebranding of other commander sets and they're trying to, you know, get that high price tag. So, yeah, money eyes.
1: Absolutely. But yeah, after that being that, said. After that, we do have Wilds of Drain in the fall, which I actually am excited about. I'm excited to see how bad Wizards fucks up this, this post-March of the Machines aftermath nonsense where they got rid of Planeswalkers, except for we all know they're going to bring them back in a year situation. And then after that, it's Lost Caverns mm-hmm. of Ixalan in the winter.
2: Which, uh, that's but, the one I'm excited for. I'm so excited dude, I, to go back I, to Ixalan. I I, loved
1: Ixalan. I know a lot of people were like, the the limited was bad. I was like, whatever, man, I played that limited. It was it was aggro as hell. It was fun as fun as hell. I don't care if it was unbalanced. It was fun.
0: I'm tired of these limited environments that go to time every fucking round.
1: Yeah, especially, oh. I don't know, I, the last like four pre-releases I've been to, I feel like I from the get-go, is like, hey, look, I have a control deck, but I can't play it, because then I'll just go to time every time, so I'll just force an aggro deck out of this sealed pool instead. Yeah,
0: it's it's just as bad here at XP. We literally just full length every time, and sitting there as a TO, waiting for people to finish, we can enter scores and move on, and then feel bad at the end, when literally nobody but one person wants to play, and like...
1: And it's the pre- it, it's a problem with pre releases specifically because you get a lot of people that don't play very often for pre releases because they're excited and they should be. It's a fun time. I really really enjoy pre release. I almost wonder if they should like expand out the time limits for pre release specifically to like an hour and a half as opposed to the normal hour.
0: I mean, it, so it's fifty minutes is the normal, and they they can make it as long as they want. That's just a TO call.
1: Oh so, I should just start bitching my LGS. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt, yeah, for letting no. me know that I should yell at people in my local gaming store that uh, that are not tired or or you know hurried or anything like that. They haven't been harassed by any customers that day. That's
0: always Perfect. the answer. Cause yeah. every store that holds magic events isn't totally just on the edge of giving up and throwing in the towel completely. <laughs> they definitely can use your motivational talk to help them stay in business.
1: I will make sure that I give them that motivational talk.
0: But anyways, back to commander masters. I'm a sucker. Um, I, I did pick up the four pre cons, even though I said I was done buying steel product. I got them for, uh, I got them for about 60 each.
1: Okay. That's better than it could have been.
0: Yeah. So I saved about $25 a deck off of Amazon pricing. Probably a little bit more than that, actually, now that I'm thinking about Because I think the, it was like $120 was the difference between... Maybe it's cheaper to buy the decks on Amazon individually than the packs of four. I don't know. But that that's probably the case. Because when I priced it out, they didn't have the full four-pack on Amazon. They only had the individuals. Yeah. But... Yeah, so, so it'll be interesting. I I'm Grand not...
1: Rastors, like, for a while there, the prices were absolutely out of control. I, I, when it was originally announced, I believe that draft booster boxes, like, just what you would do for a draft, not even the set stuff or the collector stuff, was going for, like, $300 a box. I'm yeah. not sure if it's still at that place or not. Uh, it
0: definitely like, is. Um, that, that is unfortunate. Something, something they did, so a bunch of the big distributors and normal, uh, like, chains of getting... Magic product, aside from Amazon, had their big allocations and everything this past week. And at that same time, Wizards pulled down listings off of Amazon. So there's some shady shit happening there. But
1: it's gotten even worse. The set booster box on Amazon right now is $444.
0: Yeah. And the set booster box, I think last time I looked, was about $100 more than the draft.
1: That is absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, $444. Is that from WotC?
1: Uh, Let's see. I, I literally just Googled on Amazon, like, hey, what's the Commander Masters box for right now? And it came up with that. It's got the Collector Booster box at 250 Yeah, no, that's, that's from a company called $50. Legit
0: MTG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. The Collector Booster boxes, for anybody that doesn't know, since this is a Master set, quote unquote, it's only four packs per Masters box. So you're getting 60 cards.
1: Which is for that price. on several levels since collector boosters should not even be a thing nor should set boosters. This is all just nonsense. I'm I'm fine
0: with the, the variety of boosters. I'm not fine with the pricing scheme going along with those boosters. Nothing in a collector's booster unless you pull, you know, a serialized card out of your ass is ever worth it because the market instantly tanks. And for some reason collector boosters are the ones that are open most often so those exclusive arts that are in collector's boosters are cheaper or the same price of cards pulled out of set or draft boosters so, so there's, there's like two ultimately, ultimately you're shooting this, yourself
1: there, i guess there's three reasons that i'm against this you know like booster pack nonsense and, and here, here they are number one is uh i'm fucking old and i like to yell at clouds uh, i don't like change fuck, fuck you guys for making me keep up with this shit number two is that I do believe that it's legitimately confusing for people, especially non-players that are just trying to buy cards for their husbands or their, you know, their their kids or any of that kind of thing, to go in and be like, okay, I just want to buy Magic cards, and to have to have somebody explain to them, like, well, there's this, this, and this, and they might want this, but they might want this. How much money are you looking to spend? I think that that's nonsense. And then number three is is when was the last time that in a medium or small size gaming store you set up a draft night and just got eight to 16 people. No problem. Cause I would imagine that it's probably been a while uh, and that you had to scrape people because booster draft is dead partially because of arena. But I really, really do feel that the majority of the reason that it's dead is set boosters because people are just trying to buy boxes now, instead of having booster packs that are actually useful for something.
0: Our last draft at XP had 12 people in it, so we did two pods of six, and it was more expensive than normal, so... Well, I'm glad you
1: guys are doing well. We,
2: we have some diehard people for drafts, though. I, I, I do still think that we have trouble with some events, though. Some limited events, even if that one did well. well uh, any, and, and I can tell you little, from a yeah. different
1: perspective and a different LGS that so that is not the case everywhere. Uh, it Definitely yeah. my LGS, which is at a bigger town than Elko... Uh, is it struggles to get drafts going. Anything that's not a pre-release, essentially, in a limited event is just kind of a no-go.
0: Yeah, and that draft was definitely an anecdote. The week prior was pre-release for Lord of the Rings, and Friday night, 18 people, great showing. Saturday, it was three of us. Yeah. So, fucking, that tide went out. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it is wild, and I I don't think commander legends commander masters they don't need to be an annual thing for sure like we've been getting even if baldur's gate was kind of a miss in general um it was still a commander legends set
1: so we're trying to talk about product fatigue here and i think we've kind of been circling the subject here but do you think that these it feels like we've been getting these more expensive sets more and more often you say that commander masters is once a year but lord of the rings just happened and it was also a more expensive set it feels like everything's a more expensive set. And I know part of that's inflation and economics and politics that we don't need to get into and all that kind of shit. But do you feel like because we're seeing more of these expensive sets, do you think that contributes more to product fatigue? If they were normal, normally priced sets, do you feel like there would be less of just feeling like you're constantly inundated with stuff that you can't afford?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I was getting at, where we had these commands legends now every year even though it's called commander masters now we have stuff like lord of the rings we have you know doctor who which is just going to be commander and collector boosters but it's still like another set essentially like it needs to go back to either how it was where we were getting some like a masters type ancillary product every couple of years and just the normal set releases every quarter And, you know, maybe maintain, you know, the commander pre-cons with each set release or something like that. But just now with all the different types of boosters for boosters fun, the commander decks, the ancillary products that come out in between all these sets, all these masters products, commander legend, like it's just, it is way overwhelming.
2: And I, I disagree with one thing you said there. I hate that every single set has pre-cons i miss commander christmas i think that they've really thrown out the joy of pre-cons entirely i don't even have any interest in buying pre-cons anymore because they come every single set
1: no yes that that is 100 percent where i'm at i i literally today i moved my entire collection because we redid the ba- the floors in my basement uh and uh, so i moved everything downstairs and, and i i got a hold of it all and i i moved all of my pre-cons i've got pre-cons on precons on precons that i tried to just keep in their state so that i could have nights where it was like hey everybody we're just gonna play pre-cons and it's gonna be fun uh kind of thing and we don't have to worry about power levels or any of that kind of thing and a that doesn't work anymore because all the precons these days are way more powerful than the old ones and b i haven't bought new ones in bulk since strixhaven because there's there's just a pre-con every freaking month they're not special anymore they're not and i think that's partially good because it's it's helping keep prices low and helping giving a a place for new commander players to come into the format essentially it's cheaper to do that than i think it's ever been you know well i I guess that's not true because commander decks used to cost 30 bucks and now they cost 60. but it's still allowing you to kind of pick up anything at any time kind of thing. But I do really, really miss when it felt like an investment and it was just that fun thing that happened once a year. You got the drop of five decks and you would just, you'd be like, oh, these sweet, let everybody get one of these and we'll just go all in on each other. Or if you were the diehards, you'd be like, man, I'm going to get all five and I have like this year's commander decks and that's just gone now. I I, I have no interest in pre-cons anymore. I, I don't even remember the last time I looked at one. And honestly, Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, and honestly, I, I mean, the price wise, it's not really helping all that much. I mean, Soul Rings are still two dollars, Lightning Greaves are still nine dollars. Now we're just getting flooded with things like Fierce Guardianship and Dockside Extortionists, which are just adding value, adding money to spend on Commander decks. They're just
1: to be to be I mean, fair to Wizards, th- those we have not had any Commander specific cards that have been that broken since Dockside and uh, and the free counter spells uh, the free commander spells I should say and uh, and those pre-con- or the,
0: and the, those powerful cards also haven't been reprinted in massively guaranteed drop product like commander decks again they've, no, been, they've been you they've know been chase rare
1: and, and crap where it well, just doesn't even hit the reprint price well I was saying on well, yeah. the reprint
2: side there are commander staples that do get reprinted constantly that aren't going down in price
0: I mean, I want to call one time constantly. What do you mean? Dockside extortion. No, the, the,
2: the two I said before those.
1: Yeah, Lightning Greaves and and Solar Ring. I don't think solaring Ring will ever move because I think that everyone that sells them will just, they know they can sell them for $2 for forever until the end of the time, and they're probably right. Uh, I, I do think that you're right as far as Lightning Greaves and Swiftfoot Boots and stuff like that. There are a lot of other staples out there that really have not been impacted despite the fact that they're showing up in pre-con after pre-con. I really think that's true.
0: So my case for having pre-cons every set has been there's been a large chunk of lore that have gone along with the majority of the pre-con releases. They've been different stories that aren't part of the main arc. Like we see Will Helt in one of the Innistrad sets and all these different lore haven students and professors and stuff like that. So from that perspective, it is bringing a lot to the table. Um I do think $60 for these pre cons is too much. I would much rather them see go what they did with those intro commander decks, where they're generally less powerful. They have your things like your soul rings and your boots and stuff. Some of these staples that should be super prevalent in every meta, but then the power level really drops. Like you have a big bomb like a Tarka or something like that, and they're wildly, wild, widely available for 25 to 30 bucks.
2: Well, that's the point of a pre-con. It's to introduce people into the game, right? Right. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, but that's I'm what saying. I'm saying. It doesn't need I, I to want... be as powerful. I'd rather putting it at a sixty dollar price limit puts it way out of the reach of kids. I mean, you know, that's that's going to be hard even for your average high schooler trying to get into a game like this.
1: I agree. I, I do agree with Matt that we should be seeing more of those starter decks that that are also the commander decks. I. Although even and even those, it turns out if there's like one or two broken cards in them or or just a couple of good, decent reprints that are not like spectacular or anything like that, they can go up in price. I, I was looking through my stuff today and I I happened to see a Reddit thread talking about how the AC deck, the AC Tyrant of, Di- uh, of Gyro breaks. Yeah, it's $70 and it was originally a $20 uh, pre-con that was kind of considered trash. I say, if you're going to keep on printing these pre-cons every single set, let's let's have some more trash pre-cons. I think that's a great idea. Because yes. it, it, they should be something, they should feel like the, the old Planeswalker starter decks or the dual decks or any of that kind of thing. They should be something that your grandma buys you because they don't really know anything about the game that's kind of bad, honestly. But it is an entry into the format. That's That's really what I believe the non- Yearly commander pre-con should be is something for the experienced players to ignore, while new players can get something that they like uh, for cheap.
2: You know what would help I, is if no, don't know uh, no, no. <laughs> if if Watsy pulled their heads out of their fucking asses and actually did what they said and not pay attention to the secondary market.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I mean, I, I blamed inflation earlier, and that's entirely incorrect. This is fucking rectangular pieces of cardboard with ink on it. Yeah, the product costs might have gone up a little bit, but that is not enough reason to be raising the prices on booster packs and making all these expensive sets like they have been and raising the price of commander decks. It's just not. The the economics of it makes zero sense in any fashion, but the knowledge that Hasbro is telling them that we need to triple profits this year.
2: Right. And and yeah. they've, they've openly said that they've been raising profits by something like 11% every year, way over inflation.
0: But, yeah, it it is ridiculous. And kind of the main point of them raising prices is that foiling has also not been fixed. So everything is more expensive, and we're still getting Pringles out of a box that technically aren't tournament legal. (laughs) So thanks for buying our expensive product. Here's a card you can't play anywhere but in the most casual form.
1: It does particularly suck to be like, hey, we're raising prices. Also, we lowered our manufacturing costs by going to a cheaper card stock and shit printer.
0: Even even the one of one ring that people were offering millions of dollars for in the preview picture from Watsy was Pringled. It scored a nine, which I'm not sure is necessarily related to Pringling, but like they can't even get a one of one card right in the manufacturing process. Like, that seems like a, a pretty big slam dunk that they should have gone for.
1: I mean I kind of agree with you but at the same time uh, the the standards they use for those card ratings are actually pretty severe. A nine is not actually that bad. If it no, was no, actually, it's still very good. If it was actually Pringled or anything like that, you would have seen it at the price, and it would have been something they really couldn't be proud of, like a six.
0: I mean, there, there literally is a picture of it Pringling like from Wizards of the Coast. So it definitely 100% had a slight Pringle. And like nine is still very good because that card guaranteed walked into PSA and they took their most strict grader, sat him down and said, give this a score.
2: Well, and I'm sure that that's taken into consideration too. The fact that it came from manufacturer like this. I I am really curious as to how they would approach that because that that is straight from manufacturer Pringled, right? That's, I mean, that's as mint as the card gets because that's how they're yeah. fucking selling them.
1: That's the thing. PSA doesn't give it. They don't. They don't care about that because they don't. They didn't. They're not a magic thing. They are a collectible card thing across the board, where where you baseball cards or collectible card games or any of sure. that kind of thing. So their standards are strict stuff about how centered the how centered the card yeah. is. If there's you know it, those those type of yeah. things. So they get really really nitpicky. To get a 10 from them is an extremely rare thing that really just doesn't happen and is based on luck, essentially, no matter where you got it manufactured or any of that kind of thing, because their standards are so much higher than what you would get from the average printer, because the average printer is just not going to spend that much time on quality control.
2: Now, out of the two big ones, speaking of this, just real quick, just the thought I had, and this is I thought. I had when I saw the PSA grading. Is there a reason they didn't go to Beckett that they went to PSA instead? Beckett,
0: Beckett grades harsher than PSA. Do they really? Yep. I didn't know that. There's people that will take, you know, eight, eight and a half Beckett, send it to PSA and come out with a nine
2: and a half ten. 10. That's kind of funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they, I mean, there, there. I want to say there's a big market in people cracking low grades and getting regraded at different graders to get a higher one. But that does happen, especially if it's a low grade Beckett, because almost everybody scores stuff higher than Beckett.
2: Interesting. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. I just knew that those two were the biggest.
0: Yeah, and you see all kinds of ones. I see ads for this one that does AI grading, and they just have a computer scan it and run all the analytics and give it a score. Seems theoretically it sounds like a great idea but
1: i I, I don't know i I do wonder though like if those ai actually like took into account like hey this card is bent (laughs) like that's such a basic thing that i wonder if the computer could actually determine it you know
0: yeah and and the ai is gonna grade this card based on what it was taught to grade on by the company that programmed it initially so like if their motivations were fucked like the ai's motivations are going to be fucked But anyways, we're definitely off track. Uh, So, kind of rounding out commander precons, I I do agree that sixty bucks is wild. I don't agree that they need to be fucking changing the meta powerful every release. I just I like that they tell a non-focused story. Kind of, I would much prefer them, you know, put more emphasis on the story these commander decks tell for each set than release these internet stories that aren't the main story, but they're going to inject them right in the middle of them releasing the main story and be horribly written. But you'd be, Hey, whoa, you know, whoa, there's whoa, this whoa, sweet whoa. zombie dude on Innistrad. Like here's a deck that tells his story. Like,
1: I'm sorry. 100% disagree. Okay. Now, now to be clear with everybody here, part of the reason I joined this podcast, because I, I vehemently disagreed with you guys when it came to story stuff, I, the, the internet stories have been great. They've been really, really good. And if you don't think that, then I don't think you remember back to what we had before we had the internet stories, and we were trying to do, like, novellas that never actually got published. No, or Doug, I don't remember before
2: the it. internet.
1: No, no, I'm not talking about before the internet. I'm talking about, like, War of the Spark time period. War, War of The, the Spark. The first was good. War of
2: the Spark book was good. Just the yeah, second the, one
0: everything never everything was shit. <laughs> yeah. Anything after oh. the first War of the Spark book has been shit.
1: So, we, we've had we've had the story stuff for a long time with it, and I really enjoy the side stories. I enjoy the primary stories that have been online, and I agree with you, Matt, that having the commander deck to, to, to capture some of those side characters that come up in the stories is a good thing. It really, really is. But I think that you could probably also shoehorn them into the sets and not worry about it, or just not make cards for them, and it would also be fine. But hey. I don't think that commander sets... I think they're less necessary than the stories are. To, to I have be zero honest.
0: faith in Watsy shoehorning in any minor characters when they kill major characters off screen.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. I'll give you that.
0: But, yeah. So, I mean, and I, I think the big Im- impact here is that they replaced Planeswalker decks with these Commander decks, which is fine. They At least they did introduce more product per set and have both. But... They're replacing a product with a more expensive product, which isn't kosher. So they should at least be comparable, because Planeswalker decks were like 20 bucks. 25 bucks.
1: But you, you said that they there, weren't... there were starter decks and Lord of the Rings, actually, as well. So we had both starter yeah, decks and, a... and, and commander decks as well.
0: That's something they do annually anyways, and they just chose to release it in the summer.
1: I, yeah, there's I mean, a, a learn magic set every year. We're talking about product fatigue and... There is a lot of products, yeah. And and part of the reason that I could not give a shit about this particular part of the year where Lord of the Rings is kind of cool, but I'm already over it two weeks in, and we have Commander Masters coming out next week, and I cannot, or the preview's coming out next week, and I cannot bring myself to care at all is because I actually do care about the story, and that's why I'm looking forward to Wilds of Eldraine and Lost Caverns of Ixalan. I would like to get back to that, And I think that I wouldn't be having this feeling I am now where I'm both tired of everything that's coming out and also like looking forward to the next spoiler season if we had what we used to have, which was a regular, like, okay, we're on a quarter schedule. Here it is. Here's your one, two, three standard sets and your one special set for the year. Instead of it feeling like we have 10 sets coming out. And then on top of that, we have all these secret layers that drop every once in a while or... or, twice a month, it feels like, that I'm supposed to give a shit about, but I'm not rich, so I don't.
2: I mean, th- at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It's the same reason why there's so many different products per set. It's the same reason why there's so many sets a year. It's because they keep making money off of this. People keep buying it. They keep making money, and they're not going to stop doing what they're doing if they're making money. People no, buy the pre-cons. That's- people buy the sets. People buy into the expensive sets, especially the offsets. you know, like Double, uh, double Masters 2022, Commander Masters, modern horizons two, whatever people are buying it. People are spending money on it as well as the age base of magic is starting to get older. There's a, a large section of magic players that are older do and can't afford it.
1: Do you know why the age base of magic is, is starting to get older?
2: Probably cause kids can't afford it.
1: Yeah. It's like Pokemon. It's Pokemon's fault. Yeah. Look When I got into magic in standard, There used to be, by design, mono-colored aggro decks or tempo decks for every color. The reason was because they were cheap. Kids could pick them up. You could play Mono Blue Skies. You could play Mono Red Sly. You could play Mono Green Stompy for 20 bucks at most. Because it was just a collection of common small creatures, essentially. And some interaction.
0: that is a product that I wish they would do more frequently is their challenger products. Cause that's essentially what you're talking about. Except no, instead no. of just being a basic, instead of just being a basic monocolor deck there, you know, the, the neutered uh, meta deck for that particular format.
1: I'm not saying but, we shouldn't have more challenger decks. I'm, I'm totally for that, but uh, that's, that's not what I'm talking about to be clear.
2: Yeah. Here's, here's an interesting thing since we were talking about that. I just looked some stuff up. 75% of Magic players are adults, right? Which is, is very interesting to me. So the vast majority of Magic players are between the ages of 18 and 34 is what it says. But a lot of people online are talking about the problem with Magic is it's actually become too difficult for younger players to play. That's really why you see the age range being higher. It's I mean, too...
0: kids also don't answer demographic surveys. It
1: yeah, would help if that there is weren't... True. Well, it would if help these, if there weren't four paragraphs per card as well. Sure, but yeah.
2: if, also if these demographic surveys come from LGSs, which is where I'd assume it would come from, you would still have the information on children, right?
1: No, at this point, their way of moving if forward is, is trying to get adults to teach the game to their children. And I'm, I mean, ethically right now, as a parent, I'm not sure I feel okay about that, honestly.
0: Also appealing to millennials that have disparagingly poor recruitment numbers as in having children probably isn't the best
2: strategy for that. (laughs) Also, there's no way I could afford two people in my
1: house to play this game. You already have two people in your house to play this game, Kyle. He just
2: pretends
0: like Jen plays it so that he could buy shit and have her open it. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, but you brought up a good point. So, I guess this whole episode's theme is just going to be fatigue in general. But what about word fatigue or card fatigue? Like how many words do they need to put on all these cards? Like, is there a limit to like, are they just going to make the art boxes smaller so the print boxes can be larger? Like what's
1: going to happen eventually? The last time I brought this up, you you told me that I was I was an old man yelling at clouds and that I was stupid. So I I feel like I, I'm glad you came around to my perspective. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I, I, didn't own, own give, I didn't give I didn't give any heard.
0: opinion on this. I just <laughs> asked where the limit is. Because I am literate, I can read a paragraph on a card, what? but it yep. does get very irritating when a Joe schmo down at the LGS spends 15 minutes reading the same card in his hand.
1: Well, I'm less annoyed by that and I'm more annoyed by the fact that I just, I find myself all the time being like, somebody reads me half a paragraph of text about what their commander does at the beginning of the game and I find myself not caring halfway through.
2: That's, I just sent a picture of all of the new commander masters pre-cons. Every single one of them is just is a full box.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep flavor text doesn't exist anymore even right, the silver
0: so, one which should be easy is a full right. paragraph
1: we shouldn't call this uh we shouldn't call this episode product fatigue we should call it general bitching uh but let's let's try and move Three on the old man yelling positive. at clouds let's try and move on and be positive with our ending note on this episode what set for the rest of this year are you guys looking forward to we have commander masters left doctor who commander Dex, wilds of eldraine and lost caverns of ixalan Unless I'm missing, like, five, because I probably am.
0: <laughs> well, you forgot all the secret layers, so... Um, I guess for an individual product, I'm excited for the Doctor Who Commander decks, but not for the Commander decks themselves. I'm excited for the Plane Chase cards in the decks.
1: Okay, I, I was about to say, Matt, you-, you make yourself the villain all the time, and I can't help you, but no, I, I agree with that. The Plane Chase stuff is going to be fun
0: um and then set wise i'm excited for wilds of eldraine uh just because i'm really excited to see where they pick up post aftermath because in in case anybody doesn't know the lore essentially how eldraine beat the phyrexians was this mass sleep spell and you know supposedly people woke up but obviously the kenriths died um they had the funeral and aftermath so sad um but i I really want to see how this mass sleep affected it a funeral
1: they had a what and a what? A funeral? A funeral? Uh, is that no one's ever heard of?
0: In Aftermath? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that card in Aftermath is pretty cool. I'm just going to say fun. that.
1: So here's the thing. I should be looking forward to Wilds of Eldraine because I'm a huge Will and Roan Kenrith fan, uh, but I'm not because they're not Planeswalkers anymore and screw this crap. Uh, I am really, really looking forward to Lost Caverns of ixalon I am looking forward to Story from Wilds of Eldraine at the very least, uh, but I also just want dinosaurs and underground uh, center drilling to the center of the Earth nonsense out of Lost Caverns of Ixalan.
2: Give me more dinosaurs and Conquistador vampires.
1: Dude, Conquistador vampires is, is is something I never thought I'd feel strongly about, but I really do like that. Is yeah. so badass.
2: I I never knew that I was going to be so hyped for pirates, Conquistador vampires, and dinosaurs all in the same set. And I think it's like one of the best things wizards have ever done. I love Ixalan. I think Ixalan's one of the best sets we've had in many years. I think that the story is incredible. Putting it all together, like it is the embodiment of childhood and I love it so much. And I cannot wait to get more dinosaurs for my Gishath deck.
1: Yeah. I I, I used to be a huge fan of the control delete web, web comic. And one of the ones that they, one of the like splash full page comics they had, was a picture of a robot pirate on a on bat on the back of a velociraptor attacking a ninja I don't even remember what the ninja was riding, but it was riding something. And that's that's Ixalan right there. It's just like we we took all the cool shit and we put it all together. Here it is. Let's do it.
0: Man, imagine if they merged Ixalan and Kamagawa.
1: No. chaos that could actually happen now and i don't fucking want that shit i just want one
0: of the tendrils walkers. from Realmbreaker connects the two permanently
1: uh, yes, yeah yes that's the story's <laughs> writing itself i would i would be less mad about it if i felt like it was actually going to stick but it's not a year from now <laughs> all the planeswalkers are going to be planeswalkers again it's
0: we gotta stick. retcon everything guys it's,
1: dumb. it's just dumb i think i, I think we're done <laughs>
0: uh, i do hope they bring Explore back for Exelon because that was one of my favorite mechanics. I just hope they don't bring back Wild Growth Walker, because I hated that standard meta. (laughs) Anyways... You know, just a little bit of housekeeping here at the tail end. Make sure you're hitting up our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Casual Tutors. More importantly than those bullshits is our Discord. Make sure you join up. Jump in one of our channels. Let us know how you're doing. Talk to us. We love chatting, doing deck help, that kind of thing. When spoiler season does start sometime around this release of this episode, you know, we'll be posting in that spoiler chat too, making sure that you're up to date on everything you don't really need to care about. And, you know, speaking of things you probably don't really care about, Here's how you could record your own podcast with podcast for Spotify. Anyways, that was our old man yelling at cloud segment. I hope you are as fatigued as we are. Um, you know, if we're totally wrong, tell us why. Join our discord. Let us know if, you know, you have different opinions. We'd love to hear them. we love to tell you why you're wrong while you're telling us we are wrong. And that's always a good time. Anyways, I'm Matt.
2: I'm Kyle.
1: And I'm Doug.
2: And we're the Casual Tutors. Thanks for listening.
1: Objective outro.